listening to the podcast so there i was it's how all great aviation tales begin this is episode 37 37 yeah today we're flying beer can width (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's another great lawman story buddy yeah look at the photo that is associated with this episode and you'll know exactly what we look at the distance between dash two and dash three's wingtips and dash fourth canopy. Yeah. <laughs> You'd crush a beer can in there. Oh my goodness. Which almost brought us to the other title of this show that we laughed about in the show. I I know. It was a hard choice. Uh was it long man hits the boss all the time. And we just paint the jets. Go fly. <laughs> <laughs> he has such great oh, stories. Oh and God. I'm I'm excited for this final episode of Long Man to come out. The final in this series, I should say. He, you know, he's got stories still to tell, so we have to have him back. He's got fleet stories. I have a feeling he's going to have to change some names to protect the guilty. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know he is. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so this is a fun one. You guys have enjoyed four hours with Lawman so far, and and here's the final one of this recorded series. We've been kind of holding it in, in abeyance as we brought other people through. We didn't want to over man you by the same token. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Yeah, I have too. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this one. On the Don't sit on the ejection seat handle. the weather. Oh, and to the uh, tanker crew who uh, did that. Thanks a lot, we really appreciated that. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. There I was crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fun. So there I was. Which is how all great aviation stories begin. Welcome, everyone. This is Fig. And welcome back, Lawman. Glad to have you yes, back. Yes, welcome, yeah. Lawman. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. <clears throat> we had a great time recording with you the other night, but uh, we, we went pretty long, but we didn't get to a whole bunch of good stuff. And I, and I, and I talk about Dino being a hard, kind of being hard on me. I tell you, that guy... Uh, you know, the six foot four slot pod, the third year guy, he yeah. was a god to me. Right. But he was an, a, a tremendous instructor. I mean, he really uh, could, if you can imagine trying to teach a new guy how to fly uh, Blue Angel formation, the maneuvers with sticks in a briefing yeah. room, you know, and then of yeah. course talking yeah. to you, uh, airborne, then pointing things out uh, both in the air and on the ground, you know, trying to give you a little help uh, tidbits. I mean, that's a pretty hard job to take and, uh, guys from different positions and teach them to do that kind of flying. And hold the standard and, and they hold the standard that if you don't if you're just not where it's supposed to be you're going to hear about it you know so right. dino was certainly 
an, an excellent instructor, uh, but rolled me hard like everybody else. You know, well, would you, the, uh, would you liken it to the same? Remember that, uh, you know, the DIs were, were hard asses. And if you ever asked them why they did it, they did it so that you would be better at paying attention to detail, uh, focus, getting used to being uncomfortable, that sort of thing. So it yeah. seems to me exactly. like, yeah, they, like they, Dino was doing the same thing for you. He was a mentor, a hard ass, but a mentor. He was, he was a mentor and a hard ass. Anybody, yeah. you know, and he's trying to get you up to the Blue Angel standard. And they're not right. going to lower the standards, you know, for, hopefully right. for anybody. Right. Either here's, here's the way the Blue Angels fly, and either, either you make the grade, you cut it, or we cut you loose. And they love you, but there's a certain point, if you're, not, if you're struggling, everybody struggles. Sure. Uh, if you're not consistently putting your jet where it's supposed to be, uh, or you're flinching and, there's no, and we can't trust you, they're going to cut you loose. Sure. I mean, that's just a hard, harsh reality to do that on occasion. But uh, I was, you know, com again, completely lost. New, only new guy in the diamond that first year. Uh, I told you about that burn loop on the takeoff where I got to right. watch you guys fly. I thought, oh my God, that's the Blue Angels. And, you know, and then I screw that up the cool. rendezvous and get oh, yelled crap. at. You know, yeah, holy cow. <laughs> there was a lot of that going on where I'm thinking, these guys are really good. I suck, you know, like compared to Boss yeah. 3 and 4. Uh, and of course, Hoops was a, a, a lead solo. He's in his third year. He'd been 7, 6, 5. So I got okay. the lead solo who's flying off of me in the line of breast loop and critiquing me because he's got to fly off of me uh -huh. on the right side of the line of breast loop. Right. Uh, I got a third year guy doing that. And then uh, the other solo pilot was uh, had been on the team for a year as so number seven. So he got to absorb a lot of knowledge, uh, a lot of time on the jet, the blue jet. He's a big guy, you know, six foot two, you know, 215. Yeah. I'm only really new pilot in the airplane with the blues that year. So a lot of, again, a lot of kind of pressure on me to, to step it up to the game. But the little things like, uh, you, every, you have like a practice uh, schedule, right? And you mm -hmm. introduce new maneuvers because you have to, you can't do everything day one. So you slowly introduce maneuvers throughout winter training. And Dino, being a slot pilot, would put together the uh, training schedule. And so you get the schedule for the next day. Oh, okay. Tomorrow, introduce the fleur de lis. You know, darn. So I'd go back to my little motel room when I get my SOP that the previous number twos had passed down. And I go to that section. I knew in my mind the Florida Lee looked kind of complicated, you know. Right. I never. Have you ever done the Florida Lee uh, in any other jet with six jets? No, we just don't do that. Yeah, it's, we don't. Yeah, it's one of the I. maneuvers they don't teach us in flight school. Yeah, you know, form. some of that. Now, hold on a second. Hold on yeah. just a second. Okay. I I was involved in a Florida the Lee one time, <laughs> Un but unintentionally, was, I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> briefed and it was unintentional. But but, Un but go Florida ahead. Lee. Yeah. So I had, of course, seen the Blue Angels perform Fleur de Lis, but I'd never done one as a right wingman. So I, sure. you know, tomorrow morning says, you know, AM flight introduced the Fleur de Lis. So I read my SOP, which I, and Fudge, the guy previous, number two uh, prior to me, is a great guy, but I don't know what happened. He did, you know, he, of course, these guys had it down to science at some point, but it was very, like maybe three sentences, the whole Fleur de Lis description in my SOP how to fly number two, basically SOP yeah. is how do you fly number two yeah. on these maneuvers it was like two or three sentences. I go, it's gotta be more to it than that. So I take my SOP and I walk down the uh, Dino's room that night at the motel, yeah. knock on his door. Cause I'm all concerned. I want to get this in my head. So I'm ready to fly the next morning and do this maneuver. And Dino's of course laying on the bed, watching TV, like, you know, NASCAR or something like that, scratching his belly. <laughs> He's got all this shit in his head. I go, he goes, Oh man, what do you want? I said, Hey, I was reading the SOP on the Florida de Lee and it doesn't say very much about, I have no idea what to expect tomorrow, to be honest with you on this, on this maneuver. He goes, I oh, don't worry about law, man. We'll talk about it in the mornings, get the hell out of here. So we, uh, I show up next morning, 
Yeah, and he uh, takes some sticks, talks to me about the uh, fertile E, you know, how we start, uh, you know, roll out and six plane uh, formation, up we go, smoke on, up we go, and then ready, break. So what people don't realize is that we would brief. We had little model jets that you bought from the hobby store, and we had yeah. them on two and three foot sticks and that's how we exactly taught formation you'll do this you'll do and and you know instead of flying your hands we actually use models on a stick yeah so dino's in across the table with me he's got two f-18s and they're blue and gold with like you know, okay. blue and gold f-18s on sticks nice and he walks me through the hey when the boss says you know ready break and you can hear ready roll the break is you know so much uh, right stick and uh, i call it a yug a little bit of g uh get the breakaway displaced from boss laterally if you will okay. and then a ready roll call and that's just a full displacement roll all the way back around right roll to wings level this is on a, on, on a loop now you're doing a loop course you know you're already okay. are going up and then you'll look up and you'll see boss continue over to the top on the loop and you'll see number three rendezvous on the left side and you'll see four in the slot rendezvous and of course these guys have all done it before so if you're anywhere near those guys long man you'll just rendezvous it's easy rendezvous with the boss back in the diamond set three foot set hopefully before the top of the uh, apex of the loop it's that easy ready break ready roll rendezvous back in the diamond set on the top what's, of the, the, loop. what's the big deal that doesn't sound hard yeah, that's, a, that's a hard to do right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so well remember it, it, fig hold on hold on remember fig lawman sucks so yeah yeah, there um, you go. yeah. yeah he sucks so, because dino keeps telling him he sucks right he knows every day he sucks because yeah. dino doesn't let him forget that so that's long, right so yeah so dino makes it sound pretty simple lawman just break and roll just come move. on get back out yeah. there so yeah. we, of course you got to go all the way out to the area over i think it was shade tree right now central yeah. and you do some of the maneuvers rolling loops and all kinds of other blocking and tackling drills essentially and then we go here okay rolling out we're behind the crowd for the fleur de lis here it is the fleur de lis you know, rolling out the fertile lead, lawman, stews, Dino, hoops, timber, smoke on up we go, you know, ready, break, ready, roll. So in my mind, I think, hey, I break, I yug, pull yep. away from boss's jet. I hear the ready, ready, roll. I roll my jet all the way back around, right? Max stick deflection, the wings yep. level. I look up expecting seeing boss's jet above me, of course, snooze about where I'm at roughly. Yeah. And right. Dino's jet below all rendezvousing. I see three tiny dots out there. I have displaced so far. I'm like, I'm in the next bombing range. <laughs> I've done like a, like a, a barrel roll almost to the right. I am so far away from these guys. Oh Dino looks gosh. at me and with complete, you know, again, disdain and contempt, law man, go away. <laughs> don't even like clear. Just like, go don't away. Don't bother. Yeah. Just go away. You know, and just, okay. Oh now gosh. you got to wait for the, now you got to wait for the whole new setup. You know, yep. to try it again because there's nobody in the back seat with you teaching how to do this stuff, you know. So you go out and do it again, and next time you're closer and, and you're a little bit better. And then one day you wake up, you do it, ready, break, ready, roll, and you roll out, and you're about where roughly where snooze is on the left side. And then somehow magically you end up rendezvousing somewhere near the top of the loop, and then you just get better <laughs> and better at it. Wow. But uh, initially, it really does kind of suck, you know. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Oh, that's funny. Well, years ago, I did I did a, a brief podcast. I think I did about four episodes, and I interviewed one of the Blues. He talked about the first time in the jet he went out in the two-seat. He he did four seasons with the Blues due to a couple mishaps and that sort of thing. But he talked yeah. about the first time he got in the airplane to go do stuff. Like I said, hey, let's get up to an altitude where you're comfortable doing aerobatics. And he said, pass it through 3,000 feet, uh, his instructor, one of the Blues, is like, yeah, okay, at some point, 
you're never going to get down to where you need to be. We're, we're plenty high, you know, stop. So I, I guess that leads me to the question is how long did it take you to get comfortable with the fact that you were flying 50, 100 feet at the bottom of a loop instead of, you know, 3,000 feet? And, you know, and be, how long does it take you. to get to, get up to speed on these maneuvers? Um, you, you guys are out there for four or five months before you do your first show, right? You fly, uh, you start flying training in the end of November uh, after the okay. last show in Pensacola. You, you train uh, mostly section work and then you work up the uh, diamond and a little bit of Delta stuff before you transit El Central. So you fly a little bit in uh, November, some in December. Then you go to winter training in El Central, California, first week of uh, January. And you fly twice a day, six days a week, January, February, into the well, maybe 12th of March, you know, somewhere just prior to mid-March. Uh, and if you look at the logbooks, it's pages and pages of, of entries uh, for like January. It's not, you know, and here your logbook, you know, you may have one page. January would be a half a page, time. yeah. <laughs> you know, right. in the blues, yeah. it was literally three or four pages of one month of flying. It was twice a day, six days a week, sometimes three times a day, uh, depending on circumstances. Was that uh, and you look forward. A, a point seven five or a, a well, man, point uh, seven five or an hour each. The train uh, authorities were uh, roughly an hour. Uh, called it. Okay. Uh, you know, the air shows were only really maybe forty minutes. But I want to say some of the training stories, because you had the transit time, you know, at an air show, you're taking off typically right overhead the field. So you're right into it, yeah. you know, uh, and winter training you had, except for over the, over the field show practice days, when you're at Shade Tree, you had the transit from El Central to the, to the range and back. And that was time uh, added on, which was painful because that was still on the spring. And there were times that one hour, maybe some an hour plus uh, training sortie, I was in, again, we talked about the spring force, physical distress, thinking I cannot, I literally don't think I can make it back to El Central. I think my hand and arm are going to give out before I get back. I'm thinking, please, God, when's this going to end? I mean, the pain, I'm not exaggerating. Everybody's a little bit different. I'm a small guy, and I did the best I could to contort my body to fit into that seat to get the best body position I could relative to the spring, you know, uh, and looking mostly left towards at boss's jet. And uh, again, we talked about they tape the trigger down so that the trigger doesn't move and they tape it and how many wraps of uh, tape they use based on how big your hand is. And they precise, if you want six wraps of tape around the trigger, they give you six wraps every time, you know, so the trigger, the, the stick is always feels the same, right. nothing changes. Uh, and boy, my thumb rested against the stick on the right, uh, my right hand, I would, I started to bleed. I would bleed uh, in practice because my, my right knuckle would, would rub against a stick with such force on the one hour that after a while it would bleed. And then it, over a period of, of weeks and months, I actually developed a, a callus, a big callus on my first big knuckle, my right hand. And never, where in the fleet have you ever bled in your, in your hand holding onto a stick? You know, right. it's just uh-huh. different. I'm not saying every blue angel bled. I'm just saying I would bleed until I developed the callus and then you get used to it. So it, it takes time. Uh, physically to get uh, adjusted. Let me tell you this, yeah. initially the spring, it sucked. It really was a, a very physical uh, challenge and a mental challenge to be able to hold on. But after you say, say months into uh, this kind of flying, you actually uh, wanted that spring force because it gave you the confidence to fly that close, you know, to really, okay. yeah. get, uh, you can really finesse a jet when you have 30, 30 40 pounds in your right hand, uh, gives you the confidence to really get close to other jets and roll in loop, not just talk about echelon, you know, one G for the, you know, for the yeah. break, like the fleet guys would do in echelon, 
I'm talking about rolling and looping in echelon uh, and diamond sets uh, and really getting tight sometimes to where almost insanely tight. Well, you, you described you, it in a text to me, beer can width. Yeah, right. so yeah, beer can width is, uh, and I, and I uh, put it in context. So beer can width, if you look at some Blue Angel diamond photographs, on the diamond 360 is the tightest formation the blues will intentionally fly. Okay. It's a diamond set and it is tight and you can get as close as, it's well inside of 36 inches, you know, can be the wing tip. Pack number three, uh, he's 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 counting rivets under because they cheat. Every jet cheats a little bit so that the diamond looks like a perfect 360 diamond from the crowd perspective, not right. from where you are. You know, right. so there's some little cheats in each formation sometimes to make it give the, the proper perspective from the center point. Uh, so uh, beer can width, at least during my time on the team, was where you would put three, two and three would be so close. Uh, relative to each other's wingtips underneath boss with the slot pot, of course, below us. Uh, and you could put a beer can between number two and number three's wingtips. That's about it, about four inches. Wow. And you could, that close. And you're literally beer can width. And all yeah. you can squeeze, if you could open the canopy and put something between those two wingtips, between the number two jet and the three jet, it might be a beer can or a soda can. And Dino and those guys called it beer can width. And you rarely flew it. You only did this when you were pretty damn good, you know, pretty solid boss, maybe later in the season, mm -hmm. smooth air. And Dino like, used to like to call it uh, air as smooth as a baby's ass. That's, there you go. That's the term I use. If the, if the air was as smooth as a baby's ass, really tight formations. Because, you know, the places you go, it's, it's windy, it's bumpy, you got thermals, you got a lot of hot air, and you're yeah. fighting thermals. Uh, so we're at Nellis Air Force Base, the first time I flew beer can with. It's my first year. Culturally, the, the Blues and the Thunderbirds, I think still every year, they do a, a cultural exchange where maybe one year the, the Blue Angels go to Nellis Air Force Base and fly. We do a practice show there. Uh, and, the, and the Thunderbirds fly. And the Golden Knights may even jump. Uh, and then next year they come to Pensacola and we, you know, we breathe, they breathe, we fly, they fly. And it's a cultural exchange for the two, the, the two demo teams. And you learn a lot about each other and the differences too. So... We're at Nellis Air Force Base, my first year. I'm the new guy. I'm the weak link in the you diamond. Suck. Nobody knew that. <laughs> I suck. <yeah. laughs> I'm trying not to suck as much. <laughs> the Thunderbirds are in our briefing room. We're in their briefing room. I mean, we brief the standard Delta, you know, diamond yeah. formation, uh, you know, the, the Zen Buddhism brief thing. And the Thunderbirds do their brief. And then they leave our uh, briefing room. And when they leave, Dino turns, not the boss. Not the snooze, the other diamond guys. He looks right at me. He goes, Law man, right across the table. Today we're flying beer can with. You got that? I don't care how rough the air is out there. I don't give a shit about thermals. He goes, We're going to show these Air Force weenies how to fly formation. But uh, <laughs> he called the Thunder Chickens. We're going to show the Thunder Chickens what formation flying is all about in tight Blue Angel traditional formation. That means today in the Diamond 360, Beer can with. You're gonna nice. jam it in there and you're gonna hold still. You got it? So yes, sir. So <laughs> yes, I uh, do. <laughs> we flew first. So the Blue Angels, we go out there, they brief, we brief, we go out, we man up, do the walk down. And thank God, you know, of course, we're in front of people, so no one's gonna to try to pull any shenanigans uh, with me. Uh we take we get to the end of the runway. And of course, Nellis Air Force Base is a typical Air Force, what, 10, 11, 12,000 12, feet, runway, feet right? runway, hot yes. desert runway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we taxi all the way to the far end away from the crowd because the Thunderbirds have their own crowd there. There's people there to watch this, these two shows left. 
we get to the end of the runway, we always have a truck follows us, you know, with these troubleshooters, maintainers. It's like okay. a pit crew, like NASCAR. Yeah. So you get a caution light or something. Oh man, I've had guys swap out the uh, the F front control or HUD controller. Right, you know, you're in the cockpit. You don't even get out of the cockpit. They're in the cockpit with tools sometimes, swapping out components with you sitting in the jet. It's crazy. Wow. You would never do that in a fleet. No, but these guys and these guys are world class maintainers. At the end of the runway, we're on the dime. We get on the on the runway, diamond formation. Four jets lined up, major wing overlap, and the uh, uh, maintenance truck calls and says, "Hey, boss." Uh, Hold on a second. Looks like number two, my jet, had a bullseye left main mount, which means the left main mount, the tire, the main tire, has right. got a really bad bald spot on it. And the problem with that, of course, in formation takeoff, if the tire blows, you know, you're going to have a hard time luck. controlling the jet. Bad luck. <laughs> or, or it could blow on landing. So they yeah. want to take a look at it. They come out and they look at, hey, yeah, boss, we need to swap out the main uh, left main tire on the number two jet. Now, I'm thinking, we're gonna, how are we going to do that? You know, and uh, they say, hey, uh, number two, uh, shut down your left engine. So in formation on the di uh, diamond formation on the runway, uh, I shut down my left engine. And these guys, like a NASCAR pit crew, they jack me up, jack up the jet. Unbelievable. And have the, uh, you know, the power tools, um, undo the, the, the lug nuts, if you will, ever yeah. on yeah. this left big ass <laughs> F-18 tire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put a brand new tire on there and refasten it tight the lug nuts they had a qa guy there a safety wire he yeah. QA, quick thumbs up uh crank your left engine so i can start the left engine wipe out all the flight controls everything's good and hey you're good number two jet's good this all might have taken five minutes i kid you not like a nascar pit crew so i got a good main mount and we do the afterburn loop on takeoff now off we go we flow the higher the entire show and we did on the diamond 360 I remember going, okay, Dino said we're flying beer can with. Uh, I'm jamming it in there. And three will match it. And three, of yeah. course, Snooze was a very experienced, really solid left wingman in the second year. And he could more than match what I could do. So if I could do it, Snooze is yeah. going to do it with ease compared to me. So I jam it in there and Snooze matches it. We fly beer can with. And you're afraid to breathe. I'm holding on. Because uh, once the boss has, you know, the angular bank and the power and the G set, I think I told you before, he's, he's hamming. Uh, yep. uh, the term they use Hammond, he ain't moving nothing. So yep. I shouldn't be moving either. Hold still. And you're afraid to breathe. Cause if you, if you breathe, sometimes you feel like I'm going to move. If I breathe, I'll move the jet. I'll, I'll, you know, so kind of hold your breath almost. And then smoke off. We're done. We flew the whole show. We land and I immediately run over, jump into the back seat with, uh, the number three pod, which is the right wing for the Thunderbirds. Uh, and uh, it had been pre-briefed that I was going to be the diamond, the uh, only Blue Angel fly with the Thunderbirds okay. uh, that day was me. Pretty good deal, right? So I jump in the backseat. Of course, they, I got to put a G-suit on. I got a oh, uh, yeah. Air Force helmet. I've got a mask on. Like, oh, this is different. They fly with an auction mask and a G-suit because the G-suit doesn't interfere with the side stick on the F-16. Okay. And it makes sense. If you can fly the G-suit, by all means, and they're a 9G jet, fly the G-suit. So it's just different. And uh, we take off and... Uh, I'm flying with Birdman, who's a great guy. We take off and do the diamond stuff and all that. He, we're talking a hot mic, ICS the whole time. At one point, we get into a, he says, okay, long man, this is the tightest maneuver we ever fly in the Thunderbirds. And they call it the pass and review. And we join up in this maneuver and in this, this set. And I wasn't saying you know anything, but he goes, I know what you're thinking. He goes, this is pretty loose compared to you guys. 
He, he, can, he yeah. says that. Yeah. I said, well, you know, it's, it's different. It's a little bit looser. And he says, uh, you guys are fucking crazy how close you get. <laughs> he said that. And I said, I wanted the key to Mike and say, I agree. Because, because Dino told me today we're flying beer can with no matter what. You know, so he said, you guys, this is a Thunderbird pilot who's a second year Thunderbird pilot telling me that you Blue Angel guys are crazy how close you yeah. get. And I agree. I said, hey, <laughs> I do agree with that. But that was beer can with, with the Thunderbirds. I, uh, uh, and I'll try and put that. You, you sent me some pictures. You've got one in there, and I'll, I'll try and put that in the post when this show goes up. That, uh, all right. What yeah. that looks like. And, yeah, yeah it, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I don't know. Those are great. Know. Hey, those are great pictures, by the way. Thank yeah. you oh, for yeah. sending those. Yeah, yeah and those I'll, up on the website. I got more at home. Website. I was doing all those uh, just from the road, so I might have some more stuff at home when I get back home here in a, in a day or two. But uh, awesome. So, yeah. beer can with. Uh, that, any, any chance uh, you're uh, – Scraped, scraped uh, jets with the boss or with three? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, I never hit three. Thank goodness. Now, there's times, you know, I got scared, and there's yeah. times I remember uh, uh, in the debrief about, "Hey, long man, you know, a little close today. You know, a little bad clear there, or not, not so great, or hey, got a little close on the uh, whatever the out of the, the line of versa loop. You know, uh-huh. watch yourself. You know, and uh, there's times you would literally think, "I'm gonna hit him. I'm gonna hit the boss." And I would be holding my breath thinking, please, God, let me just get my jet away from but properly because you yeah. had to clear properly. You couldn't just yeah. panic. You, you wanted to instinctively just roll away from him, like I told you before, though. Yeah, but you got, if you, roll, you got three other guys or two other guys. Yeah, yeah. You got to hold. You got to wait. And they and the way they preached it was these guys would fly with you every day, all day. Even if you're swapping paint, if you're predictable, yeah. if they trust you, if you're bailing on them, forget about it. You're done. Yeah. So that was really the, the beat into you. Be predictable be trustworthy. I, you put your jet where it's supposed to be and don't clear into me without telling me and give me a chance to get away from you. Um, so, uh, you know, the first day on the job, again, they showed me back in Pensacola, all these airplane mishaps, you know, right. the blues and some yep. midairs and some photographs and all that kind of just put in your head about, about how serious this game was, if you will, this business. And you really had to be procedurally very solid and correct. I got that, you know, yeah. very little room for error. Um, and that the previous Marine number two prior to me had had a midair with the boss early in winter training. And then a subsequently uh, later on had been let go by the team and replaced by uh, an experienced uh, blue angel who came back. And so the back of my mind, I'm thinking, geez, you know, first of all, I'm not even an F-18 guy. I can't even find the gear handle on takeoff. You know, right? I don't know. I don't know about this somewhere. airplane. And uh, I'm the only new guy in the diamond uh, again. So I, again, like, Talked about I, I suck compared to the other guys. I knew that I'm the weak link. So a lot of pressure on me, not pressure on everybody. You have to put your yeah. jet where it's supposed to be. Uh, and I was struggling with that every day in winter training, you know, praying to God a lot. Please, God, just let me survive another day here. Don't get fired. Don't get killed. Don't kill anybody else. And, and just kind of chip away, you know, Dino would say chip away at it, like, like whittling, you know, when you whittle something with precision, you, you, you don't take a big ax to it and chop something off. Take a little whittling knife and you slowly, whittle away getting better at things right yeah. get to where you want to be right that was a great term that uh, dina would use whittle away whittle away at it oh man um so my whole goal my first winter training was not to hit the boss that was one goal i had was not to have a midair uh with boss uh ripper yeah. who was a great guy uh and a, a few times he would tell me in a deep break hey long man you scared them 
he scared the hell out of me today on that. You know, he would see me come out of the corner. <laughs> I go, hey, I scared myself. But uh, I got all the way through winter training without any mid airs. Didn't swap paint, nothing. Hey, I got, you know, and I flew my first show at Del Centro. I think I told you, I told my mom and everybody else, stop calling me a Blue Angel until I've flown at least one show successfully. There you go. Then you can, t- then you call me Blue Angel. So I flew my first show in El Central California on a Saturday <laughs> and I was struggling, but from the ground perspective, people on the ground think you look good. Right. Right. But oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it doesn't matter what they think. It's what your teammates think and what, you know, the, the debrief and the video and the X blew out blooms who were out there watching. They can tell if you look good or not, you know, so for that, you know, a thumbs up from the, uh, the old guys, Hey, Hey, number two, you look solid out there, especially the old Marine number twos, you know, Hey, right. thumbs up or thumbs down. You know, because you don't embarrass them either. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, There's a lot of pressure on you. So I get to my first uh, show successfully, and we go on the road, uh, which is great because now you only fly typically one show a day. You might have to transit on Thursday, cross-country style to get to a show site, but only one show, which is nice versus two a days. Called a show mode. I had you had you had to focus and fly very well for one 40-minute show because uh, we'll Dino to, uh, said the worst part of being a blue is, is flying. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, he was right. You, <laughs> I was I was consumed from the first conscious thought when I woke up in the morning as a Blue Angel my first year. My first thought wasn't how great this is, how wonderful. I'm gonna I'm at an air show. I'm gonna be flying this F-18 as a Blue Angel. I said, oh my god, I got to go fly a show today. You know, <laughs> and I suck. <laughs> Relatively speaking, compared to compared to two, uh, three, and four. And so uh, it was just nonstop pressure uh, to perform. And so uh, we go to Dias Air Force Base, uh, Abilene, Texas, was my first road show. And, uh, and you, as a Blue Angel, you, you don't ever want to miss practice flying. Every practice counts. You can't afford to, to miss and get sick. And the mantra back then was wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. You know, stay healthy. The best way as a pilot to stay healthy is wash your hands. Could you shake a lot of hands? Sure. Uh, and that was that was that was a uh, uh, brilliant and easy advice from the flight surgeon was wash your hands like nonstop and uh, right. don't get sick. You can't afford to get. There's no spare pilots. There's no bench. There's no yeah. reserve. Yeah, we, we get spare jets, no pilots. Yeah, spare jets, oh, wow. no pilots. Yeah. So we get to Abilene, Texas. I'd never missed a training sortie yet. I went to ma- uh, dinner that night with the maintenance officer to a Chinese, or excuse me, Japanese steakhouse. And I got shrimp and chicken. In Texas. Po- and te- what could Abilene, go wrong? Texas, yeah. What could <laughs> go wrong? Probably not too smart, right? So what do I get? For the first time in my life ever, I got food poisoning that night. Oh, no. I remember waking up in my oh. hotel room. And this is a Thursday night. So we got a practice day on Friday, right? Practice show. And I remember waking up and the room was spinning. Literally. I was, oh, man, I was sicker than a dog. And so I called the flight surgeon who came over and pumped me, you know, gave me some Gatorade and some other stuff, trying to get me what he could. But he said, based on what I told him, you, you have food poisoning, no doubt about it. And so the next day in the afternoon, I drive my rental car to the, uh, to brief. And I walk in the guys who I look white as a ghost, been up all night. Yeah. And they said, lawman, you are not flying today. Get the hell out of here. Go back to the hotel and rest. So I had never seen the team fly without me. Right. This is now, yeah. you know, March. Instead of going back to the hotel, I went to the parking lot and I watched the team fly a practice show, Little V. So now there's only three jets in the diamond. Boss, number three, and the slot pot, it takes the right D- wing. Dino goes over to two. Okay. 
old student. So Dino had been number three. So he'd flown a whole year as number three. Then he went to the slot. Then he flew two years in the slot. So he was an expert at on the left wing and in the slot. And he could talk to me. And he had occasionally gone over the right side when two fell out for yeah. some reason. But he was not trained. So they did all these maneuvers through the whole show. And I remember watching Dino had cleared several maneuvers. He'd done the right thing. He was out of position yeah. for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, and he cleared, smoke off, and he cleared. Like, oh, hey, Dino's cleared a few times. You know, so, all right. The next day, I'm, I feel good, and, I, and I'm she flying. Go, and, hey, Dino, you sucked? No, nah, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But, okay. Uh, That's poking the actually, bear right the, there. The next, yeah. The next, the next day uh, in the morning, I'm poking the bear. Yeah, don't do that. Again, he's six foot four. You don't want to poke this guy. He's a big guy. And, yeah. uh, I go to the gym the next morning. So like I said, it's Saturday morning, mandatory six days a week in the gym, right? Yep. There's no G suit. And the best way to have a high G tolerance is to work out with weights. So six days a week in the gym, it's a blue angel father. I go to the gym, snooze walks in, you know, number three. And he and Dino have been uh, buds for years. You know, F-18, A-7s, F-18s, blue angels. And snooze, hey, Lawman, how you feeling? I go, I'm feeling good. He goes, good. He goes, man, because he said, Dino, Sucks on the right wing. <laughs> well, he can say it at least. <laughs> he can say it. He goes, you know, like, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah. He, he says, you know, all the skill, but he's, it's different mechanically on the right wing. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine. On the line, I mean, it's easy as it looks, is it, boys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Hoops told me the same thing on the line and breast loop. He goes, hey, Lom, how you feeling today? He goes, yeah, got good to have you back over in the right wing. And then the uh, Poles and Solo number six, Timber, same thing. So, hey, Lawman. Be glad to have you back on the right wing because even though you suck, <laughs> you know, Dino's struggling over there. It's just different mechanically, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, and Dino was very good, but it was different. So um, sure. I felt good about that. So I okay, great. So I flew, I still sucked, but I, I flew that weekend. And then we go to uh, my third show, which is Beaufort, South Carolina, Marine Corps Air Station. Yeah. Right. So now I got to fly in front of a bunch of my Marine buddies, horny guys. I'm the Harrier guy flying on the Blues third air show. And we go to the club that night, of course, Friday night, or might've been a Thursday night reception or something like that. And most of the guys are pretty good about it. You know, a lot of these yeah. Marine F-18 guys, hey, long man, you know, hey, good luck to you. You know, counting to look good out there, you know, representing the Marine Corps and all that. But a couple of guys with a few beers came up to me, you know, uh, you know, Marine Corps fighter pilots, God, God bless them, you know. Uh, hey, long, how the hell did I hear your guy get picked <laughs> to fly with the Blue Angels? You should be one of us. You better not fuck it up. You better not embarrass us out there. Hey, thanks for the brotherly love and support, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, thanks a lot, fellas. So, yeah, so I'm getting a little bit of pressure from my Marine brethren at Buford. Most of them are good, but a couple of guys just had a couple of, you know, too many beers and didn't think I should be flying with the Blue Angels as a Harrier guy. I got that. So, next day, we go fly, and we put the uh, group commander, Fulbert Colonel, in the back seat with Dino. Okay. Uh, typically at air shows only ever do that with aviators guys you can okay. count on who aren't going to freak out on you yeah. and do stupid shit in the cockpit where you're flying a show practice show so this old phantom vietnam era phantom horny guys in the back seat with dino full bird group commander we fly this whole uh, high show good weather we land we park the jets we do the walk down we do the uh, uh hand salute and i could hear the troops saying the boss has been hit the boss has been hit you know uh, you already hear the, the room, the, the murmuring. Yeah. So we all walk over to the jets. Of course, my jets part right next to boss's jet and boss's right horizontal tailplane, horizontal stabilator stab is mangled. And there's 
gold paint on the where there should only be blue paint, if you will. Yeah, uh, it's pretty pretty obvious that he's been hit. And then he walked right next to my his jet is the number two jet, and the left wing, the Lao Seven, the, the missile launcher yeah. for the uh, yeah. hold a, the a sidewinder, yep. Yep. which is very hard metal, painted all in gold, has blue paint transfer on it. So it's Oops. pretty obvious. Yeah. You know, and the troops are going, you know, boss has been hit, and then lawman hit the boss, lawman hit the boss. You can hear, you know, quietly. The crowd's not yeah. hearing this. It's yeah. all just a team. And so we go debrief maintenance at a comm cart right there. They got a little wagon. We debrief yeah. them. Of course, I got it right up. You know, apparently, I got damaged to my jet. Uh, and I felt bad about that because troops, uh, that's the maintenance for, uh, for the Marine, uh, Sailors and Marines. And you still got to go do the crowd line. Yeah. So I got to immediately walk out there and, and sign shit like I'm some kind of friggin' hero when I know I suck and I just hit the boss. I can't tell the crowd, hey. Yeah. And you know, in the back of your mind, you're going to get beat up in the debrief. Yeah. But you got to ignore all that and smile, talk to people, uh, and sign stuff and be, you know, try to be positive, knowing that the debrief's coming. We get to the debrief and they're pretty quiet about it. And it gets to my partner and said, well, apparently I hit the boss out there somewhere trying to look forward to seeing where that happened. I can fix that. It's really not a big deal. They all wonder where it happened. We tried to figure out exactly where I hit the boss. So and you, you were aware it. of it happening? No, nobody knew it. Uh, oh, okay. The boss didn't know it. You know, you push each other around so much. Yeah. Uh, and the Hornet is such a formidable airplane. You've seen F-18s that had mid-airs with the entire nose cone yeah. uh, missing, half a wing missing, and the guy lands a jet with half a wing missing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the F-18 is a pretty magical airplane. So, uh, And in the blues, you're, you're flying so close, you're pushing each other quite a bit. You have to anticipate those pushes, or you will get pushed into another jet. Another guy's yeah. crossing with you. If you don't counteract that, he will push you right into the boss's jet. So you're always getting pushed and boss is always getting pushed around. So you might've felt a push. Hey, lawman, let me, let me stop you there for a second. I know what you're talking about and I know repeat does, but can you explain exactly what you mean by a push? So the aerodynamic force between the jets, it's like, if you're driving on a highway, best way I can put it is let's say you're driving your car, a little SUV or passing your car and a big ass semi truck blows by you on the left or right side. Right. And you get, yeah. you feel that you, you can hear it. And you hear the, and you kind of feel the air or hear it, air, the, the dynamics between the two vehicles, if you will, that air, the cushion of air from that truck that that's, uh, as it forces way down the highway at 60, 70 miles an hour is, is uh, moving air aside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that air hits your that's car and pushes your car. You've all been, been buffeted by trucks. Uh, That's a great point, highways. Fig. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm sitting there and I knew exactly no. what he meant. It didn't even occur to me that, yeah, yeah. no, if you don't fly. So basically, it's, it. well, it's, 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 it's uh, the best way to describe it between airplanes is the aerodynamic forces of the air moving around the jets, at, you know, three, 400 miles an hour, you know, even though you're relative yeah. to each other. Uh, if you get too close, you're, there's air being pushed by your canopy or wing that's going to push the jet next to you as the air is yeah. mm -hmm. uh, uh, interacting with this airplane. Yeah, you you can fly formation with uh, with your wingman, and you could get close enough to him where you could move his jet. Exactly. With, your, you you with can, the you air flow off yours. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So there that's you what you're talking close. about. Sorry to interrupt, but that was a great no. analogy. Thank you. Oh, no, yeah. Thanks, Vic. So uh, we're always pushing each other. So that even asked the, the colonel, hey, did you see uh, when Lawman hit the boss? He goes, man, I saw a lot of blue paint and airplanes and all that. I don't know what happened. So <laughs> I thought if you, if you, if you know, Fig and uh, if you and I had been flying together in the fleet and we had a midair, of any type, there's paperwork, there's gonna be an accident investigation, we're writing statements, we're drawing blood, right? Correct? Right, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. If you 
hit each other in the fleet with two jets, that's an accident and, or an incident. Yep. And there's going to be consequences. Yep. And you're probably going to be grounded for a while, you know, pending an investigation, right? And then maybe a board or something. Right. Okay, who's at yes. fault? Who did what? Who hit who? The Blue Angels say, okay, law, man, you got too close to the boss out there. Just kind of got to watch yourself. Uh, but you're predictable, you know. <laughs> I'll do it again. So, the, you know, of course, you feel bad for the sailors and Marines. They got to work on jets, you know, yeah. whatever the magic they do to fix the airplanes. And we flew the next day. So I flew the very next day, like nothing had happened. But you make a mental note about it. So after that, every time we would land, of course, I taxi very close to Boston's jet after we land, taxi to parking. I'm always looking over his jet for, you know, remember the old BDA check, battle damage assessment? Yeah. You know, battle, Quick battle. BDA check on the boss's jet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm always looking. Now I'm not just flying. I'm not just trying to tax information. I'm actually looking at his, his airplane, like, very carefully for any gold paint <laughs> on blue paint. You know, that's not supposed to be there. And so uh, right, a couple of months right. go by and uh, nothing, no incidents. I'm getting better. And you talked about, too, also it ties into uh, uh, your question about getting better. Uh, as you go along, uh, repeat. So as time goes by, I would say most new blue angels probably by summertime, you're probably getting fairly comfortable. Not say comfortable, but you're probably getting proficient. It yeah. takes months, in my opinion, yeah. to really get proficient when you're doing this every day to where you feel like you kind of got in your head like a, like the whole, again, the Zoom, the Zen Buddhism kind of thing where you mentally, if you're working hard, you, the confidence, I've done these maneuvers, I've demonstrated I can do them, if I focus, I can do it again today and tomorrow, you know? So the confidence is building up as you get better and better. But it takes about to the end of the summer, I think, to really get to where you feel like you're fairly proficient as a new Blue Angel pilot. So that summer, we're in Traverse City, Michigan, which is a great show. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a cherry festival up there. We take off out of a, a Coast Guard station and we fly. There's no, we're flying over the lake up there. And so there's a Coast Guard cutter is the center point okay. uh, reference. So all these bolts out there, and you got the, re the center point reference through all the maneuvers as a big white Coast Guard cutter of some type. Uh, we fly a, a high show, beautiful day. Everybody's pumped up, and you can tell on the radios and guys are psyched up. And you can, and the blues, voice inflections, everything. How a guy sounds on the radio is, tells you a lot about it. He, he, yeah, yeah he's, he's, if he's scared, uh, uh, frustrated, pissed off. Whatever yeah. it might be, you can hear it in the voice inflections. Really careful about how you sound on the radios. You want to sound upbeat and positive and, and fired up, but sometimes you can tell if, you, if fear steps in, you can hear a little bit. Oh my God, this guy doesn't sound. <laughs> What's going on over there? Yeah. <laughs> and closer than you wanted, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we flew a whole high show, sounded good to me. Everybody sounded pretty fired up. We land. We uh, I jump on boss's right wing. And I look over, I'm sort of taxiing in, and I go, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. He's got major crush damage on his right stab again. And there's gold paint all over blue paint. I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. And the only jet that flies that close to boss on the right side is the number two jet. Now, I do, the number two does go to the left side for the left echelon roll, so I could right. hit him on the left side, too. But the only jet that flies that close to boss on the right side is the number two. me. I can't say a word because the show's not over. I got a taxi yeah. all the way in, park, do the whole shutdown, walk down routine. As soon as we stop, uh, squadron hold, hand salute. I turn to boss, shake his hand, say, boss, I hit you again. He goes, what? And uh, and the troops are on, the boss has been hit. <laughs> and everybody's running over to boss. Hit, hit. Oh, and everybody's looking at me, you know, I go, God dang it. 
and we go to boss's jet and sure, sure there's that damage to the right stab and we go to my jet apartment next door and there's blue paint on yellow paint pretty obvious i hit the boss lawman hit the boss and always look at me like god dang it lawman so we, uh, we debrief it and uh pick it apart and they all they say is lawman stop hitting the boss god damn it so again no paperwork no blood work I think I'm going to be fired, right? But yeah, continue, yeah, yeah. press. And so uh, we do the Naval Academy show, right? Uh, in May, I think it's, yeah, fly out of Andrews Air Force Base, remote we call it. So we take off out of Andrews Air Force Base, fly over the Naval Academy, and then go back and land at Andrews. And on that one day, we had an admiral, the I think a three star, who was flying in the backseat with Dino. And uh, he was N88, the Navy calls it. N88, I think, is in charge of all naval aviation, okay. you know, up at the Pentagon or something. So he's a real all experienced right. senior naval aviator. This guy was probably a Vietnam veteran, fighter attack pilot forever, you know, you know, probably 2,000 carrier landings and all that kind of stuff. Very accomplished naval aviator. And he's flying in the backseat with Dino. We flew the whole, whole show. We go back and we land at Andrews Air Force Base. Uh, and the, uh, we do the debrief. And the boss always asks anybody right along. So in this case, hey, Admiral, so what do you think? What do you got for us? And the Admiral, typically most guys riding the backseat of the Blues are pretty fired up. You know, hey, guys, that was great. Different experience. I really appreciate the chance to fly with you guys. And that was amazing. Or holy cow. Because you're just kind of hanging on. No G-suit, too. Right. You're working right. your ass off. Uh, the Admiral was pounding gator and he was soaking wet. Uh, it's, a hard, it's hard to stay awake in the backseat of an F-18. For 40 some minutes doing especially the rendezvous these high g you know seven and a half g uh, maneuvers that dino's doing uh to get back in formation right? yeah uh and it's just very stressful kind of flying physically mentally so the admiral instead of being all fired up about it, he goes well gentlemen to be frank with you i'm very concerned and boss said what do you mean sir he says i've been watching blue Angels for you know probably 30 years naval aviation and i knew you guys flew close but I really had no idea how close you really flew until I was in you in the in the formation in a jet. He goes, Oh my God. He goes, I could have touched airplanes anytime I'd open the canopy, you know, wingtips in my face, boss's jet right there. He goes, It's insane. He goes, it's way too close. He goes, it's only a matter of time before you hit each other up there doing that. You need to back it off. And Dino says, Hey, don't worry about it, Admiral. Lawman hits the boss all the time. We just paint the jets. <laughs> <laughs> show title lawman hits the boss all the time that's a show yeah. title there <laughs> yeah. yeah don't worry about it admiral the admiral goes what you go, yeah lawman hit the boss what twice this year no, we got to serve appreciate your concerns <laughs> we'll take oh it under advisement gosh. but the blue angels don't change anything because some admiral has some concerns yeah, oh, uh, yeah. only guys that tell the blue angels how to fly how fast how low how funny or the boss of the, the slot, it seems a bit. Yeah, they, pretty yeah. much the guys on the team, you know. And you go back yeah. to where you asked about how you get comfortable flying low. As a wingman, you don't worry about well, you you, you try not to worry about the altitude. You trust the boss. Yeah. The boss is going to make the bottom. He's going to make the bottom, and maybe it's 150 foot, 200 foot above ground level bottom on the backside of a loop at 400 knots. But you fly paint, and you yeah. have a sense of the ground coming up at you. But you're looking left or right. Yeah. Uh, you're not. You you want to peak. There's times you you. You know, human nature says, I want to take a peek at my HUD just to see how we're yeah. doing. Yeah. You know, SA. I, yeah. I think, I, was gonna say, I think it was, it was the worst 
demo team, military demo team accident was uh, it was the Thunderbirds, and, and they they were flying the paint when the lead flew them all into the ground, right? That was the Linebrust Loop, nineteen eighty-two, in uh, near Nellis Air Force Base. I want to say maybe Indian Springs, T thirty-eights. Yeah, doing the Linebrust Loop, uh, which I think it only did with four jets. It might have been the Diamond that day. I can't recall. They did it with four or five jets. The, the Blues do a Linebrust Loop with five jets, and so uh, the lead solo will join the Diamond. Yeah. Uh, for the line of breast loop, well, number six is out in the timing pattern, you know, smoking a Marlboro or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. but uh, so yeah, Thunderbirds uh flew into the ground. So, the bottom, if you're looking at say a 200 foot bottom at 400 knots in a jet, that's a wink, that's a blink of an eye, yeah. So, if the boss yeah. is not going to make it and you're and everybody's looking 90 degrees left or 90 degrees right, nobody is backing the boss up on that maneuver. Yeah. Uh, in that case, the boss. For the Thunderbirds did not make the bottom, and all four jets within milliseconds of each other impacted the desert floor. Yeah. And of course, everybody was killed. Yeah. So, not knocking the Air Force, God bless them. They do some great things for our country and the Marine Corps in particular. They said, We're not doing that again. We'll never do the line of breast loop again in the Thunderbirds. They haven't done it since. Interesting. Okay. And of the, uh, of the roughly 10% fatality rate over the years, you know, yeah. decades, uh, yeah. and it's gotten better and better. Uh, certainly in the Hornet, I think, uh, again, I think of the 10% of the guys have been killed flying blue airplanes, yeah. about half of those guys, I want to say been solo pilots. So they, they probably have a higher risk factor. The solo brothers do, you know, we give each other that good nature, you know, yeah. back and forth, but, uh, they fly some really challenging maneuvers and they're max performing that jet all the time. Yeah. Limit to pull, limit to pull an F-18, limit to pull, limit to pull, negative G, eyeballed out kind of G stuff. They, those guys really do some pretty ballsy. They're putting the jet on the edge. They are max performing that jet, and there's very little room for error. Uh, and I, I want to say the last two guys that have been killed have both been solo pilots, both number yeah. six. Yeah. Uh, in this case, uh, I think they determined that there are several things to play. Uh, uh, the investigations out there might be open for public record, but uh, uh, fatigue, I think, was an issue, as it is for any, any aviator, sure. right? So, yeah. uh, and that's and that was a Thursday practice uh, day. So. The thing about Thursdays, that's the worst day uh, for any Blue Angel, typically, because you leave typically early that morning uh, and you transit to a, a show site. And it might be sometimes maybe two legs to get there, cross-country style. Yeah. And, you know, for really long flights, we'll get an Air Force KC-10 tank, uh, KC tanker, typically to fly us, you know, to the West Coast or certainly like to Hawaii, you need tankers, you know. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times you're just cross-country flying. You'll fly your blue jets, you take off in Pensacola, and you fly six jets to, you know, dump truck Iowa, you know. Uh, for a show, weekend show. And uh, you get to your show site, so maybe you one or two legs to get there. Uh, you'll land, you'll shake hands with all the people, you'll go quickly to the uh, briefing room, maybe get some Gatorade water, whatever it is, uh, and debrief the transit, you know, the cross-country mm -hmm. transit. And then you've either briefed the show before you left Pensacola or you brief it then. Uh, uh, and we do circle and arrival maneuver. So you go, you they refill the jets, while you're doing this quick break, the troops are all over the airplanes. Yeah, uh, they refill them, and then within a very short time frame, you're back in the jets for what we call circle and arrival maneuvers, which you take off and diamond. Maybe do a diamond loop on takeoff or diamond maneuver, and then you split up three and four going to pattern uh, overhead the fields, conserve fuel, and boss and two uh, run make multiple runs over the airfield running the lines which okay so that was a, that's a great segue then because that was yeah. one of my questions is how do you quickly set up 
because I, there's one of your maneuvers is to be six jets stacked on top of each other at the exact center point of the field. You've got an overhead photograph before you leave that, uh, okay. no, I'm sure they're better technology now, but back in my day, it was a black and white uh, photograph overhead the field and maybe an F-14 tarps might have taken or some kind of mm -hmm. reconnaissance, maybe a satellite or some mm -hmm. you know, military uh, uh, photo. Google and, Earth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Google Earth. Yeah, these days, probably they, got, they probably yeah. use much better technology. But it, typically yeah. in our head, it was a days, it was a overhead black and white photograph, God's eye view of the airfield in about five miles uh, radius. And then uh, usually the, 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 the uh, number four pilot would make the master a copy. He would run the lines out, you know, uh, the headings off uh, all the headings you would need, radiating off the center point. Okay. You know, left and right and 45 degrees off each axis for all the maneuvers that anybody would have to fly relative to center point and that flight line. And then he would, everybody would copy off of that. And then you would study that photograph. You get to your show site and then uh, I can send you a picture of that uh, when I get back home, show you some of these overhead photographs. And then you would, uh, Boss and two would start, and I would just fly a boss, just chase him, basically, you know, uh, in trail. Okay. Uh, and he would fly 360 knots ground speed, precisely. 360 knots ground speed. Because 360 knots ground speed, every, if I get this right, every mile is what is 10 seconds. Right. A nautical mile, right? 10 seconds. Yep, yep. six miles in a minute. Okay, yep, there you go. So, and you have a, we had these really nice Swiss stopwatch mounted on the uh, glare shield. We didn't use digital stopwatch so you could actually look at you could see a, a sweep pan of a uh, stopwatch better at 10 oh in your peripheral 20 scene. yeah than looking yeah. at a number right yeah so you would that center point vehicle that white trailer would fly the flight line and when his shoulder was literally i mean a beam that point he would take a mark hit the stopwatch take a mark and he would be looking for 10 seconds every 10 seconds he's looking for significant geo reference points geographic Fixed points on the yeah, ground. Yeah, a shoreline, you know, a, a warehouse, yeah, something. A, yeah. a resting gear cable, a, uh, a shack on the right side. He would, and he would call it out, out loud on the radio. You know, mark a mile, a resting gear cable. You know, mark a mile and a half, yeah. a large oak tree right side. Uh, mark two miles, uh, southwest corner of the Walmart parking lot. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, two and a half miles, uh, brown roof house. Chevy on blocks. That was in vacation, that, right? <laughs> yeah. And he would run these lines as many times as he needed to. He, he felt like he had some pretty significant reference points for all those uh, uh, bearings, those radials off center point magnetically and a, a point left to right. And then he's not writing this down. I think I'm going to say the flight surgeon was. So you just okay. call him on the radio what he's seeing. And then somebody else at center point is writing the, at the comm card is writing these down. And then I would make my, I'd get my points too for my lines on the low break cross and loop break cross. And once boss was comfortable that he had all his reference points that he needed for the show, we would land. Then three and four would come down and do their circle and arrival maneuvers, we called it, get their checkpoints, okay. yep. their maneuvers. And then five and six would take off and they would fly and do that because they need a lot of them, of course, for their, yeah. all their poles and salt maneuvers, really precise. And all six jets would do this circle and arrival. So you're still flying, you're flying low, 200 foot AGL, uh, you know, a lot of G turning because you're constantly turning, running lines. It's a lot of work. So you're still, it's fun. It's easy. It's the easiest flying you ever do in the blender is CNAs typically because you're just kind of running a, a stopwatch and looking for points on the ground. You're not doing the maneuvers. Then you would land, refuel, and then you fly a practice show. 
So it might be your fourth flight of the day, typically wow. third. And now wow. is the hard one. Yeah. Not the transit, the cross country, not the CNA, sightseeing. Let's do the hard stuff last. <laughs> yeah, now, exactly. And uh, I remember uh, if the boss is a really solid boss, especially, you know, later in the season, uh, and he really felt comfortable with the uh, his checkpoints. Uh, this would be on a Thursday, right? He's going to mm -hmm. fly Friday, practice show, Saturday show, Sunday show. He would say, I don't need to fly uh, a practice show. And he would talk it over with typically number five, the uh, opposing soldier who was the opposite, typically a third-year guy, and the slot pilot and say, hey, what do you think? You guys comfortable? We don't need to fly this practice show. Very rarely we would do that, but sometimes mm -hmm. we wouldn't fly a practice show. That was only with a really experienced boss who really felt comfortable with his checkpoints. And the truth is, most of us were praying that the boss didn't want to fly. And some, in fact, some of the guys would look like Dino and yeah. Snooze would look at the boss my first year and go, hey, boss, you look a little tired. <laughs> Are you feeling tired? <laughs> nice. Because they, these guys, like the rest of us, you're tired. And that show was hard work. Yeah. And if you could, you want to go back to the hotel and uh, just relax. You know, instead of flying this Blue Angel 40-minute show where you're putting, you're really laying it out. But typically, you would strap it back on and go fly that practice show. And that was really fatiguing. Yeah. Uh, so I think going back to the, uh, Smyrna, Tennessee, uh, was a, uh, very fatiguing show, uh, for everybody. Um, uh, and there was, you know, if you make an error on altitude on a profile, they call it where you're, mm -hmm. you start your pull down too low. So mm -hmm. you start a few hundred feet too low, you know, uh, and you have your checkpoints, vertical nose up is one checkpoint. How am I doing relative to a nominal loop to say? Nose on the horizon. It's a snapshot in point in time. How am I doing right now? Instantaneous snapshot relative to where I should be mm -hmm. nominal to a normal profile. If I'm looking for, a, say, a 200 foot bottom. Right. So if you're 200 foot low here and you're 200 feet low on the horizon and your last checkpoint is vertical nose down. OK, how am I doing? You know, uh, you got to make an assessment and it's got to be quick. Right. And then you got to adjust the bottom to make the bottom. You can't fly the same bottom. Uh, in this case, I want to say uh, uh, he started uh, the, the pool too low, kept sort of coming back down. Okay. Uh, so he's, he's committing his nose, nose low, lower than he probably should have, or nominal to a normal profile. Mm -hmm. And then there's that recognition at some point that, hey, hey, I'm lower than I should be. And you're talking about, you know, the Blue Angels intentionally fly low. You're always kind of pushing the envelope to a point. It's safe, but predictable, but there's very little room for error. So right. you got to make an adjustment pretty quick in some cases uh, to make the bottom. And I think that he, uh, he recognized that uh, late and was trying to recover uh, the jet. And it goes back to what I think uh, Tegas said earlier about, uh, maybe you had uh, uh, repeat about pilots. If you think you put the jet in a bad spot, you're more inclined to stay with it later than you right. should. Yeah. And in some cases in the fleet, even we know this, yeah. no yeah. ejection because, and you've why did why the guy not get out? You know, there was no ejection. I'm a Harrier's Hornets, a fours, you name a fleet, right? Tomcats where guys stayed with the jet it's, way too long. It's denial is what, for because lack of a better word, type, it's denial. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can get well, out of this. Type, yeah. Type A personalities, guys that typically fly, uh, fighter jets, fighter attack airplanes. If you 
you're catastrophically on fire. Guys are going to pull the handle, get out. Hey, give it back to the taxpayers, right? All I know is I was on fire and I pulled the handle. I got out, yeah. you know, give it back to yeah. the taxpayers. But if you put the jet on a basic fighter maneuver, departed, got low, departed a second time, and you know you put the jet in that predicament, uh, it's not suicidal, of course, but guys will tend to stay with the jet. So I typically look at a lot of mishaps. No ejection or very late ejection is typically, typically, not always uh, a potted error. Yeah. Uh, in this case, it's really tragic. Great guy, had a beautiful wife and two kids, uh, really solid, potted, well respected. Just, it's just a very unforgiving environment. And if you're uh, off the profile by a little bit and you're tired, you know, because the, the routine just puts you there, uh, you put yourself in a position where you, it's almost unrecoverable or right, right. you eject uh, too late. To that, Thursday, uh, that Thursday routine you just described made me tired. Yeah, yeah it can be very, horrible. yeah. I think, and I think the blues uh, after that mishap uh, changed uh, some of the culture uh, with the team. I can't, I'm not going to get into that. You yeah. know, I, I wasn't part of the team and, uh, but I, I think certainly they. Well, I'd be surprised if they at, didn't take steps to learn from what, what happened? That's that's what you yeah. do as a professional. Yeah. You learn from those mistakes. That uh, and I'm not even trying to say he made a mistake. I I I, I don't know, uh, but you try yeah. to learn from even even something that wasn't a mistake. So I'm, yeah, I'm, you know, and for the grace of God, go I. I mean, I right? I almost killed yeah. I almost killed myself. I think early in winter training on a uh, loop break cross rendezvous, I had about a forty foot uh, bottom on a seven and a half G rendezvous, trying to rendezvous with the boss at low altitude. After the, so after the maneuver is over, the loop break cross, we're all six jets cross center point, mm -hmm. hopefully it's back. Uh, and the hardest part sometimes for uh, the wingmen, Diamond and the, and the Solo Brothers, after some of these maneuvers is the rendezvous. Sometimes it's more challenging than the actual maneuver when you're breaking away from the boss. Now you got to get back in that tiny window. So you're doing a lot of high G. In fact, the, uh, the, the pilot was killed in uh, uh, for South Carolina a few years ago. Solo pod, I believe right, that was right. on the rendezvous after, I, I want to say, the loop break cross or a, a Delta, probably the loop break cross, where you're trying desperately to get back on boss's wing. With you've got a very short jets. window of time to get Tiny back. Tiny window. Board, right? and so you've yeah. got to be, it's extremely aggressive, yeah. uh, almost insane what you're, what they have. But hey, only way to get back aboard, I'm going to do this. You know, bore sight the boss, 100 knots overtake, and so you can't stand in the limit of pool and spot your jet and you know roll out and hope you're right there it's just you know yeah. think about doing in the fleet like what you mean to foresight the jet you know <laughs> you point your jet at boss's jet and have 100 knots to overtake he's calling out airspeed and then when you can't stand it roll and pull belly up blind uh in my case like on the vertical break rendezvous uh over the top of your flight lead blind belly up pull at seven that g's over the top of your flight lead it's crazy you know that oh. you want me to do what yeah and, yeah. and Dino will say, oh, yeah, lawman, if you don't do that, you're not going to get aboard. And you're going, this is, it, so it's insane. Sometimes, the, so sometimes you do know that's dangerous, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Imagine a blind yeah. belly of pool. Uh, that's terrifying. And, that's, and, that's, and that, I think they've changed their geometry since I left the team where that was the way you got back aboard uh, in that particular maneuver for number two to get back oh. on boss's wing was a blind belly of pull because three's joined on the left side, low, yeah. you can't be yeah. down there. Force coming in behind the boss. That's his airspace. The only piece of sky number two had was, was get over, over to the, the right side, over the top of the boss. Oh, at, that's at terrifying, law man. Oh my God. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's, 
Oh, so I'm not knocking it, but you know, I had a, a oh. rendezvous again where Dina was watching me. He knew he was a new guy, and I was G locking. I could see it. I, could, I mean, yeah. when you're G locking, it's pretty apparent. Uh, G induced loss of consciousness. Yep. You know, no G suit, yep. which is a really high threat to the blues. Uh, you got to be hydrated. You got to be fit, and you got to be on your game. You know, there's no surprise. You, you know, the G's are coming, but still, you got to be ahead of it. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to rendezvous with the boss, and I was uh, trying to reverse my turn to line the fuselages. You know. Yep. His job is not to worry about me. My job, you know, is deconfliction. Don't hit the boss. You know, he flies the profile. My job is to get aboard. And I was uh, pulling seven and a half G's at the reversal, and I was overbanked, oh. pulling myself towards the ground at 200 foot AGL above the ground with seven and a half G's, getting ready to pass out. Everything went from all the color went, everything went to gray. Uh, and you knew it. You know it's coming. You know, you yeah. can see it. I mean. Yeah. Uh, and I go, and the world starts to close on you. And if your vision gets to about the, 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 the width of your head, you know, you got that yeah. much vision left. Yeah, they call you it tunnel vision. You can see straight ahead. Oh, that's man. It. I was no like, purpose. holy cow. I knew uh, you have two choices. Either relax to G, yeah. okay, to get the G off, get, the, get some blood back to your head, or pull harder, you know, or strain better, you know. Yeah. And Dino was yelling at me. Uh, I think Dino saved my life that day. Left, well, man, level your wings, level your wings, level your wings. I'm leveling my wings and uh did enough g to recover and thankfully flew away from the ground and stayed awake you said 40 uh, feet 40 i want to say about 40 foot bottom oh, wow uh, and that's a wake-up call so i'm not knocking anybody if that had happened to me that had been early winter training you never would have heard of me except for the guys who knew me before uh my time in the fleet i just been another you know tragically another statistic uh, uh, blue angel been, killed and winter been training percent Hitting the ground. I've been one of those yeah. guys that just, uh, so therefore the grace of God. Yeah. You know, go why. I mean, certainly. And I was very fortunate. It's a wake up call. Okay. Well, I mean, to answer me this, I, I, I venture to say it's safe to say that that is a true statement for every blue angel pilot ever. They have, they've come that close at some point. Most guys, because you guys train that, that hard. Yeah. You yeah, guys train that hard. Most guys are probably, it, it, I'd be surprised if I've ever met somebody who, who said, Honestly, they were never scared or never yeah. came close yeah. to either hitting other jets or hitting the ground. Uh, you know, so going back, I'll finish up about swapping paint. So uh, one last tidbit to that. Yeah. So I hit the boss in uh, Beaufort, South Carolina, hit him again and up in uh, Traverse City, Michigan. Didn't hit him at the uh, air show with the Admiral, thank God. <laughs> Didn't see that. Uh, and then we were flying a practice show. Uh, early fall back in the field, we called it Sherman field. Yeah. And we fly a high show, you know, small crowd, a few hangers, you know, strap hangers out there. We land the jets, do the walk down. Uh, I turn to shake boss's hand. I hear the, the, the troops saying the boss has been hit. I'm going, Oh my God. And everybody stops and looks at me, you know, like damn it law man. And we do the slow walk to boss's jet and we go to his right side where they assume there's damage and there's no damage. Oh, go to the left side. <laughs> and so I'm, well, well, now remember, number two flies yeah. the left echelon Both sides. Yeah. yeah, on the left side. And that's dangerous. Yeah. You don't want to be over there. You're doing, if you're a number two part of the right wing, you're very comfortable at the one on the right wing. When you go to the left side, it's a whole different world over there. It's like it's backwards. Really Everything's backwards. Yeah. You, it, you're like Ginger you Rogers. <laughs> you're doing it yeah, in yeah. high heels and backwards, huh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, you're looking the here. wrong direction. It's not <laughs> right. Looking, I'm looking, I'm like, my head won't even turn that way. Like, it hurts to turn right. and look right. Uh, and so we go to the uh, the left 
horizontal stab is damaged and there's a uh, gold paint on it. We go to my course, back to my jet. Uh, and they're looking at, let's uh, look at the left right wing. wing. No, jet. there's nothing there. Yeah, right. no, right. <laughs> I'm good. There's no, there, Hey, not a scrap, not in, There's no blue paint on the number two jet. What the hell? So we walk over to the number three jet. Uh, and thank God there was blue paint Let's on the wow of the number three jet. And they go, they, I was like, there is a God, the Navy pilot hit him this time. It wasn't, it wasn't the Marine, you know, and I'm not knocking, uh, the number, uh, fudge before me got, yeah. I think a, several feet of his wingtip ripped off, uh, by an opposing solar pod on a Delta roll or Delta maneuver the year prior to me. That's more significant. And he landed yeah. the jet fine. And yeah. then the Lau flew down into the box as, as designed into the aerobatic box where no one's going to get hurt. Yeah. You know, because the Blue Angels, I mean, have never, I'll say this, have never even injured a spectator yeah. Yeah. in what, 75, 76 years of flying. Uh, yeah. They've never injured a single spectator on the ground. The, the only threat is uh, typically to the Blue Jets and the guys flying them. You know, now uh, a gal. Yeah. You know, All right. I, I, I have a question for you, Lo, man. Back to the uh, when you were brand new, and it was one hand on the ladder, couldn't look at your feet. Yeah, going up the ladder and coming down the ladder. So, uh, any any trips, any uh, slips, uh, um, you know, miss a rung. Uh, no, I never. Thank God, I never. I never fell. I was always kind of worried about that falling down uh, and looked like a goofball getting in and out of the jet. <laughs> but thankfully i never i never took that misstep you know i did a, a other you know stupid stuff you know it was it was crazy even like when if you wore a jacket uh on a uh winter training we were they issued us regular old green flight jackets right okay for training sure yeah and of course you had these really nice blue angel blue embroidered jackets like like a bomber type leather you know tanker jacket for air shows if you needed the jacket yeah. but even when you so if you wore the jacket because it's cold on the walk down to the jets, walking to the jets, you didn't, when you peeled off uh, to walk to your ladder, you did not stop and unzip your jacket and take it off and hand it to your crew chief. You simply turn, unzip, and put your hands behind you, like, you know, arms like straight up behind you. Like you're you. about to get cuffed? <laughs> yeah, like, like, like you're handcuffed, and your crew chief would peel your jacket off for you. You would not stop. Wow. And you would just peel your jacket off, March away and you'd wow. walk up the walk up the ladder you know uh it was crazy yeah. <laughs> you know. oh but everything God. we did even that in winter training uh in the desert uh, they would if we did any maneuvers where uh we would break apart from the boss my first year they told the camera crew follow the number two jet follow law man <laughs> if man. someone's gonna make a mistake it'll be him oh, nice. <laughs> nice follow his jet but uh, you know, did they at least let you go to the head by yourself or did you have oh, help did, there yeah, too? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they, they would do that. <laughs> you know, but uh, in fact, you know, when the Thunderbirds, I'm about the head, it was pretty funny when the Thunderbirds would come out uh, every other year, the Pensacola yeah. uh, for that cultural exchange. Uh, of course, we always exchange, you know, lit autographs, lithographs, we'd send mm -hmm. them a framed lithograph of blues and they would send us a framed lithograph of Thunderbirds autograph by all the team members we would put it uh, in the men's uh, lavatory, the bathroom, the head, yeah. right above the urinals. So when the Thunderbirds Perfect. would come in to use the urinal, before <laughs> looking at their picture mounted <laughs> on the wall in the men's room. 
place of honor. You know, just good naturedly. You know, Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Thinking it well. Now they got to figure out what they're going to do. The 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 Blues have a uh, a female this year. Just a new first, first ever demo pilot. You know they had a yeah. Bad Albert uh, right. pilot uh, a couple years a ago. Successful right. tour. Yeah, a few years ago we met her. I think Katie something. Uh, yeah, my wife and my daughter got to meet her at Cherry Point in their show. Uh, yeah, first uh, demo pilot. You know, and it's only been a matter of time for it was going to happen. And that's uh, pretty cool yet. stuff. Yeah, but uh, you know she's obviously got to be. Like anybody, a very accomplished, uh, uh, highly respected fleet naval aviator uh, to make the cut. It's just, it's different. I mean, so, you know, the, and the challenge for everybody, again, I'm, I'm not, you know, physically, it's different. Yeah, it's not like yeah. flying a gray jet uh, with the stick forces and a G suit. Uh, it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's a wake up call. Uh, the yeah. no G suit thing uh, is certainly a little different. It can, I think, I think it's easier to adjust to that than the spring. The spring, the spring the tension right on the hand. stick. Yeah, yeah, and so if they if they don't adjust anything, it's hard for anybody. It's a difficult yeah. transition to get used to the stick forces. Uh, so, uh, and I don't care if you're you could be a six foot four dude, you know, or yeah. just, you know five eight like me or, or whatever, and uh, yeah. you're going to be struggling for a while. But yes, yeah, it's going right. to be great to see that uh, first time ever. You know, very cool. And because Thunderbirds have had several uh, successful. Oh, have they? Yeah, I didn't even know. Yeah. Well, we've so, been going uh, two hours and ten minutes here, so time flies. Yeah. yeah. So that's over five hours. We're going to be five or six shows here, Lawman. I cannot tell you how much fun this has been. I yeah. actually got a comment from someone on Facebook Live early on that uh, they they were having a hard time breathing. They were laughing so hard at, uh, oh, really? at them well, screwing with you that. over, trying to march back and forth in front of your chest. Oh, I, you. I appreciate that, yeah. So, um, uh, we could this... get back. I got some good, uh, I think, some funny Harrier fleet stories that you guys would appreciate. Uh, you know, typical deployment, uh, Liberty kind of stuff. You know, typical. Oh, yeah. What the, the crazy, stupid yes. things Marines uh, and Sanders do on port calls on Liberty around the world. Well, absolutely. Uh, I know I want to get to that because you had, you know, that's that's like the first half of your career we've covered so far. No well, let me let me say this. Uh, thank you so much for your service. Uh, God bless you for thank you. You've you've made this country a better place. You've made the Marine Corps a better place. And by God, you made the Blues a better place, lawman. I don't so. know about that. Yeah, I was lucky <laughs> to survive my team, and uh, it was an honor and privilege to fly with guys like that, boss. Yeah. Stump, Ripper, Snooze, yeah. Dino, Hoops, Timber, all those guys I flew with uh, uh, my first year in particular, second year. I mean, some really good guys. Everybody's working hard. Like yeah. Dino put it best, just a bunch of knuckleheads, a bunch of knuckleheads who got lucky, they got picked, and working their ass off to put together the best to show that you can. That was all the, yeah. what, it, what it was. That's and, what it and, uh, and you mentioned it briefly, but I, I know you mean it, uh, meant it, it world-class maintenance. That show doesn't oh, yeah. happen because seven it's, pilots no. get together no, no, and go, no, no, hey, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Those those maintainers are incredibly dedicated. They, if there's a part that needs to be installed on a jet and this shows up on FedEx, yeah, FedEx is the part. And typically, I'm not making this up. At two o'clock in the morning, they're waking people up, and they're going if they have to. Uh, they're going out to that hangar at two or three in the morning to install a part so that jet's ready the next morning the next day dedicated unbelievable yeah, awesome. dedication yeah. uh, these uh, these maintainers uh that's women true, and men man. had to the jets and to the blue jets the blue jets always came first 
Yeah. And you can count on those guys and girls uh, to give you just the most impeccable maintenance and the best jet they could possibly give you. It really was. Yeah. It hats off to them. We just had to fly. I, we fly the jets and break them, and they maintain them and fix them for us. You know, that's nice. nice. off. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you for your service. Thank you for your time. Yes, and, sir. Uh, we're going to appreciate it. Lawman, all this time we've gotten to spend with you has been such a treat for Fig and me both. I know it. And I hope that the listeners are having half as much fun as we're having. And I know that they're having to pull off the side of the road to stop from having an accident while they're laughing at some of the things that, that you just told us. Yeah. Good stuff, buddy. Good stuff. Yeah. So thank you for your service. And let's throw out a couple other thank yous very quickly. First of all, to all our listeners, thank you for sharing this show with everybody. We appreciate that the show is growing as it is, and it's been phenomenal for us. Please keep sharing it with your friends. And if you are so inclined, please go on the Apple Podcasts app and give us five stars at the bottom of the podcast app. And if you're so inclined to write a review, we'd love that. Thanks to Dave Hamilton over at the Mac Geek Gab. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah, he gives us the technical know-how to put this thing together and make it work. Dave's the man. Indeed. Well, Lawman's the man, but, well, but Dave's also go. the man. There you go. The other man. <laughs> Wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> Let's get out of this quick. <laughs> go also, please, to our sponsor, RobinsBirdBrainDesigns.com. If you have any gifty, someone you need to give a gift to and you'd like to customize it for them, chat with Robin over at RobinsBirdBrainDesigns.com. She does custom slate coasters. She does custom a lot of things, and she will laser etch almost any design that you want, customize it. Shows you put a lot of thought into the gift. Also, folks, we have photos related to almost every episode on the website. So there I was us. So go there, sign up. We have photos on the site. We've got a glossary page, and we also have a links page that takes you to our Rumble site, which. Oh, folks, you are following our show. You are sharing our show, and we're all the way up to 31. We need 100 subscribers on Rumble. doesn't cost anything, but we need 100 subscribers in order to keep bringing you Rumble shows every month, live stream, without having to pay them to, to do that for you. Yeah, so sign up. Sign up on Rumble. doesn't cost anything. Help a buddy out. Yeah. If you want to email us, email us fig at so there I was dot us or repeat at so there I was dot us we've gotten a lot of people a lot of listeners have uh, reached out we've got some listeners that are going to be coming up on uh, shows in the near future so we're excited about that and in the very near future we've got nasty coming back he's got a new book coming out first week story. of February so look about for that next week until next week big what would you night, tell our listeners check six stay safe on the tanker, through the weather. Oh, and to the uh, tanker crew who uh, did that. Thanks a lot. We really appreciated that. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. Well, there I was crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fun.
strikes now. Burners ready now. Power set. Easing more power. Stand by the boards, boards. 